Hello and welcome to OpenBlab, an interaction design podcast from OpenLab at Newcastle University. This month we sat down with two students from our MSc in Human-Computer Interaction, Diksha Sharma and Joseph Hutchinson. We discussed how you don't need a computing background to do an MSc in HCI, how to balance work life and the course, and what the future holds beyond the MSc. Well, it's something that covers quite a lot of different areas of computing. So even though we're in the School of Computing, you'll do different modules and some of them are quite technical. One of them for me was on programming, but then we covered other areas that are more social oriented. Uh, so it takes on very different areas that you might not think of as being traditionally computing. Yeah, true. Um, uh, I was also surprised when we were uh, learning about uh, social and economical differences when it comes to designing as well, and and how people are getting impacted uh, because of very small uh, overlook of things that when when it comes to uh, researching, uh, how AI is working now to make it a little bit better. But I don't. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so it's not just designing, but it's uh, studying human beings, I guess, and how they take uh, a, a, the perspective of the designs and everything in their life, I guess. So, yeah, nowadays this is <laughs> this is how the designing is going forward. Yeah. So that's where you kind of see that human in that yes. human computer interaction in, coming yes. in. Um, <laughs> and did you have much knowledge about that before? either of you started the MSA? Um, yeah, so uh, before this I had uh, done my electronics and communication engineering from India and after that because I was interested in doing something creative I started working as a graphic designer and then a UI UX designer as well but that was very much industry oriented and because of that uh, uh, I had a little bit idea of what uh, research means but I had never done it before and I wanted to learn it and um, as I was expecting it to be it was not like that human and taking taking consideration of their feelings and uh, psychology and all these things everything comes into human computer interaction which I think is a is a bigger bubble that that I was not expecting to um to experience, which is which is much more better than <laughs> what I wanted to learn. So yeah, I'd say I felt quite eased into it because I started off doing a computing undergraduate course, and then that led me in a module to do human computer interaction, and I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed especially the design part of it, so that kind of led me to wanting to apply. And through that, I met one of the members of staff who now works here through that undergraduate module. So it was very much like a, a smooth transition into it. But I would say that not everyone had that. There were some people on my course who came from all sorts of backgrounds, including things like architecture, and they were able to manage. It's just it was uh, more of a step up, I think, for them, more of a change. And so I think because of that, maybe they needed more support than some of the students who came from computing backgrounds did. Uh, I think they got it. 
but it's quite unusual because when you think of some other disciplines uh, you only get a certain type of person going into it but in this you got people from all different backgrounds yeah i think in the industries also uh, because people are just starting to know about hci and because of that there's a uh, a huge expectation of people to be a little bit more towards uh, human psych- psychology oriented i attended this conference of tech next and um, in the newcastle building society uh, in their designing team they have one psychologist psychologist one horse riding person who used to do that before <laughs> so yeah it's a multidisciplinary uh, course and anyone can come and uh, learn uh, research i think that's the main thing i guess yeah yeah and do you feel like that's kind of quite unique to the hci world you know because you had a background in computing and you have you did the kind of yeah. ui and do you feel like the hci kind of really broadens that yes yes it does it does and and while i was uh, i was searching for jobs and everything that i know that there are less jobs now but at the same time there are many different uh, domains that this uh, masters has opened for me it's not just researching it it can be a consulting uh form or it can be very different if if we if you want to go into sports or anything like everywhere and ma- the ma- major thing that is happening is the des- uh, gaming and designing so the game designing is also coming into this um this picture and i think i think it's brilliant So you've most probably had slightly different experiences. I so I, I'd just be interested to know kind of like in terms of the, the year that you spent on it, what were the kind of main things that you remember, you know, the kind of highlights and the things that you sort of were like, oh yeah, we did this and, and, and that just really stuck with you. I'd say for me, it was the group work. So in my undergraduate course beforehand, we'd done group work and it absolutely was not a highlight. It was one of the lower points, but some of that is down to luck you work with but I think because we were in a smaller class smaller cohort I went from almost 300 students to about 25 roughly so because of that I felt like I knew everyone in the class and I got lucky with the people I was working with and we were able to do something that was quite hands-on uh, but also had a lot of design involved in it so that was just kind of fun for me because I liked the design element of it and we were able to produce something at the end that we could look at and show to the members of staff in Open Lab so that was I think a part where it really uh, we were able to take advantage of the fact that we were in a human computer interaction lab. All right so what about your experience Tixia what were the kind of like main highlights for you? Um, the main highlight was that there were no exams and <laughs> there were only uh, projects and um, uh, portfolio designs and and different projects that we were doing with our uh, groups and there there were difficult times and there were good times where, <laughs> where we had to fight that this should be in the design and mm-hmm. this should not be in the design and and <laughs> at the at the last minute sub- submitting our coursework and all so it was it was fun but at the same time we don't have to go into a room where 
it's pinned up silence and we have to give exams and all these things maybe uh, it, it it because the subject is towards the practical knowledge and and they gave us the subject gave us a broad area where we can uh, where we can talk about things that we actually uh, feel like and and we can express ourselves using uh, design and the research and and whatever we want to research about it's it it's not just websites and apps designing what i was doing before it's much bigger than that so yeah i i love the exams part that it was not there <laughs> it was it was not easy but it was not that that difficult as well yeah. so yeah, yeah. I feel like most people would be like, oh, yeah. thank God, no exams. Yes. I think my degree did not have exams. And yeah. That was one of my highlights. Well. I, think, I think, yeah, because creativity cannot come uh, yeah. while giving an exam for one hour or two hours. What will you write about designing? Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, that was definitely a plus for me as well. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like it was more accurate too. If you're mm-hmm. going into a job, you're not going to be doing an exam. You're going to be doing a long project. Yeah. Like we were doing long projects. Or if you're doing research, you're going to be writing papers. You're not going to be... Yeah. Sitting in one room, unless yeah. that's the way you write. You're not no. going to be sitting in one room in silence, just doing an exam. It wouldn't reflect it as well. Yeah, and that is what I was thinking. I was kind of, you know, in the terms of the work that someone might go into after, it almost sounds like they were kind of preparing you a little bit for that world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in I terms of the yes. designs, what did, what did you design? What What were your... What were the big things that you designed that you you feel proud of? Or maybe the ones Uh, you don't feel proud of? (laughs) One that I both feel proud of and not so proud of (laughs) is um, we made a a toy in our group project to help keep children away from screens. So it's a big issue for parents right now. And uh, we looked at how parents and carers could help keep their children off screens or limit them in some way in a way that the child would be interested in so we came up with a toy which for the record I did not name but it was called Floof because it was very fluffy <laughs> and we built it we made it real and the uh, thing I'm proud of is just how great it looks we had luckily someone in our team who had a background in textiles and design and fashion and he was amazing he was able to create uh, an outer fabric body for this ugly internal thing that we made with a Raspberry Pi and 3D printed stuff and through that it looked really professional in the end I'm not proud of the fact that we made it dance and used the same <laughs> piece of music we should have uploaded about five pieces of music but during testing everyone in the class got so sick of this piece of dance music it would play <laughs> and by the end of it I think they wanted to throw it out the window, but it worked out okay. Uh, I was like, "This, you know, why would you not be proud that it, it danced?" But I can imagine that that would start to drive people oh, a yeah. little bit. It drove everyone insane by the end of it. What was the dance music? Do you remember? Can you sing it? Uh, no, I, I never want to go back to that ever again. Damn! All right, we could find a bit. We'll cut it in. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Dixie? Um, so I'm proud of one project that we made, which was for technologies. Uh, in HCI, it um, there's a game known as Gwent, and I've never seen it before. But we took inspiration from them, and we made a full, full-fledged, a big um, board game. Mm-hmm. With uh, we also made the the cards from the scratch. It was a board card in the board game, and we made everything from the scratch. And we were using. Um, 
knowledge from my friend who who used to play this game and one in, in one of the person in our team uh knew how to code and i from my background i i i knew how to do designing websites and apps so we all came together and and the fourth one who was in our team she took care of all the 3d printing and all so um yeah it was amazing and people were quite excited playing that game as well so we are in in uh, discussion with our professor nick if we can if we can actually make it a bigger thing and oh, install cool. them install them in museums because si- simon uh, the other professor <laughs> he he has some connections with uh, the north museum and which is which is great i guess and we had a lot of fun doing that <laughs> yeah, it does sound like yeah. kind of fun. <laughs> it was a card game, yeah. <laughs> and I think you kind of touched on something there as well, because obviously, like we've got like the makerspace, yeah. And and like, how was it to kind of have access to something like that as well while you yeah. were doing the work? Yeah, yeah. It was a very big board, and we used the laser cutting machine, and we used the three D three D printing machine, and we made made the whole uh, game look like a real game and <laughs> that was the best thing and we also printed out the uh, the instructions how to play the game as well and whoever was coming in we were just handing them in all of these things and everyone was having fun yeah we had we had an exhibition for that so all the teams uh, they showcased their own present uh, uh, the projects and the presentations uh, which was which was also insightful because we didn't know what other people were doing and eventually we got to know and it was impressive all of all of the teams had something or the other that they were addressing in the real world and we were also uh, as joseph said that we were also uh, trying to keep children away from the screen but not eliminating everything and uh, the car the board game was actually um when you collect the cards you have to go to in in the nature search for plants and flowers and small animals and take photos and then it get converted into card and then you can play the game so mm. just interacting with the nature and then playing together as uh, as a group so it eliminates the the uh, screen time yeah It's yeah. quite funny that both of you were making things to eliminate kids from screen time. I think it's a hot topic right in, now. In technologies. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess yeah. that shows the breadth of it, yeah, and how it isn't just, you know, that thing of hmm. you, when you think of technology, yeah. actually you can almost use technology to stop mm. people using technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not always looking for a solution that gets people using more technology, which I think can be an easy route to go down. Yeah. But I think when that presentation was happening, Uh, for me it was quite nice to see it as an outsider again because yeah. i had done it in the previous year mm-hmm. and because i'd helped out as a teaching assistant on that module it was kind of a proud parent moment for me <laughs> yeah. seeing all of your ideas <laughs> come to fruition and seeing it become real because i was able to sort of put my own experiences in of doing that module when i was a teaching assistant or a demonstrator as we call them here and It was nice to build on that, but also to just be able to relax and not have to worry about creating my own little robot thing. So I think that seeing that and seeing what they were doing, I also felt a bit 
jealous because I remembered back to when we were doing it. It was probably the funnest part of the module for me. Yeah. So I thought, oh, it would be nice to relive that again. Yeah. And I think some of the ideas that came up this year uh, really benefited from the fact that you had access to more through the makerspace. So when I was doing it, we didn't have access to the laser cutters because of software difficulties or something like that. And we've now got a new member of staff in the makerspace, Ben, who's been great for sorting out things like this yeah. and helping out the teams. So I think it's gotten better this year. Uh, this isn't a propaganda piece to where problems uh, on my year. I mean, I, I felt like at some points we were quite rushed with doing some of the coursework because we operate on a block system of having only a certain number of weeks to do yes. this coursework. Yeah. But at the same time, that also kind of helped me because it made me go to tighter deadlines, which I think can happen in the real world of work. So it's sort of difficult, but at the same time, helpful. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, yeah, so some of the subjects which were fun to do and the projects were really that we wanted to do a lot more in in that space, but we only got like one and a half months to research, design and 3D print everything and rip, make a report and and what whatnot a presentation as well so yes yeah, some, some of them were rushed but at the same time as joseph said it is um for me also from my experience in uh the industry as a ui ux designer sometimes it, it's like the deadlines are so tight that you you don't think about anything else and and this is a trial version of the real world i guess so yeah, it was it was interesting. It was there were some boring subjects as well, but but uh, in all, I I I don't regret doing this so, um, uh, masters. It was amazing. It was a new experience for me, and in a, in a totally new world and a new and a new country. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah, I think for some people, some things can be quite boring, can't they? But yeah. I mean, I've gone on about liking design. I know people who have said to me, design is one of the things I hate the most. Can I just program, please? I can't imagine anything worse than having to tweak a user interface or come up with a, a sketch of something. Some people just hate that. But maybe the parts that we find boring, other people love the yeah. find it their favorite part. And yeah, I think yes. I, I, even though I wanted to learn a lot about research, the subject that was the most boring was the research methods. <laughs> and I scored the lowest. But yeah, uh, eventually now when I'm using those uh, analysis and whatever they taught us in other subjects, I think it's, it was worthwhile uh, learning about research methods as well. And yeah, I guess boring things are also <laughs> helping us to do something great <laughs> in the other subjects as well so yeah <laughs> kind of like a medicine that, yeah. that tastes bad at the time yeah. but it's good for you <laughs> but yeah yeah it's like the, it's like the healthy meal that you're like do i want it yeah. and then you're like well it'll be good for me later yeah <laughs> that's how we're gonna like uh promote the ato uh the msc now yeah be like the boring bits will help you later yeah <laughs> <laughs> um you kind of answered it but my next question was going to be like what were the kind of big challenges so i don't know if there was any of those that you wanted to kind of say in terms of what you kind of found alongside well for me uh there was 
one part of a module which was on AI and I don't think that was running in your year we've no. put it on pause for now but yeah. uh, that was quite challenging because it was very technical in that part uh, we had another lecturer who came in to teach the more technical parts of it and I think because some of the students didn't have computer science backgrounds they struggled a bit with that leap of talking about the ins and outs of AI and uh, the more technical side of it but then the other parts of that module that won the social side of it everyone was fine with that everyone did really well with that so I think it was just uh, everyone's backgrounds made some things more challenging than others I mean the same people who struggled in that excelled in other parts more than others just because of their backgrounds but I think in that one that was the part where we could have done with a bit more time on that module and I know that coming back into it they're going to be restructuring so that'll improve so that was a definite challenge I think just the time on that having to go through these very complex subjects very quickly hmm. for me the challenge was way much bigger than only the subjects because um, I was um, I am also doing two inter internships and a part-time job um, yeah to pay pay my tuition fees and my rent so that was a challenge of rushing into the next module after one month and you have to submit everything um, in this month only where uh, it, it's a good thing that we have um, requested um, extensions as well if if you are unable to do it on time so that was a plus for me because um, I was running from one job to another and then classes and then le lectures and then projects and team meetings and so yeah um, I think if if I have gone if I would have gone for two years uh, of uh, my master's I think it would have been the same because uh, you will be paying more for two years and you will be earning more for two years and you will be doing the same uh, running through the same struggle for two years so it, it's better to be in one year course and that will that will uh, make us learn about the real life and and I had a huge uh, busy schedule uh, from February to till now I guess <laughs> but yeah I have paused on to all of these things because I want to focus on my dissertation and but yeah it was a really good experience because and it was I think it was a bit easy for me because I was already doing this back in India so I was working for 40, 40 to 50 hours a week and but the added thing is I I was not studying <laughs> and here I'm studying there's only one thing that that is uh, a little bit upsetting uh, which is at the time of uh, reading learning and reading research papers and all these things I have to work and and we only have got 24 hours and um, there are uh, students in my class who have read 150 research papers and I have done only 15 I guess 15 20 and now reading for dissertation but yeah it is just like uh, if it is necessary then only I'm reading it or else not so yeah this was this was a big challenge for me here um, so financial stability is one thing uh, which students should take care of before coming here from my experience that's the one thing because you it, this is only one year that you uh, 
experience that you are a student again and after this if if you are going for phd then you will be student again but if not then you will be uh, uh, having a job somewhere and working for some company or for yourself and you will never be a student and i think student being a student is the best opportunity to learn whatever you want to and you have a lot of time to do that unlike me i did not have a lot mm. of time to do so yeah that was a big challenge so yeah. mm. and I, i think that makes that I, i remember when i did my masters i also kind of ended up doing that i was working yeah. part time and i think it does always create that it's a difficult balance yeah it is a difficult um, balance and i think it kind of like with any kind of masters program it just shows you like the the breadth of people that you get and the, like where you know the different kinds of things yeah. um, but it also shows that you can do it yeah <laughs> you nearly made yes. it to the end of the year so and you know. after this just doing doing job and then relaxing will be the best part i, I guess i hope so <laughs> i hope you've got some real relaxing on the cards yes i will <laughs> and that's that's where the um uh, job and the life the balance comes in like work and then give time to yourself that's the best thing <laughs> and i and i even though i i i'm sad that the course is getting over in two months but at the same time i will i am i'm pretty sure that i'll be very happy doing a jo- doing a job somewhere or building my future doing something else <laughs> a business or something but not i i don't know anything now yeah I'm, well i was going i was wondering yeah. do you have any kind of plans for the future or are you yes i have started applying for jobs and there are some some jobs because for the graduate roles mm, there are a lot of jobs that i saw yesterday and day before but for a person who have already had some experience in this uh when i was going for junior uh roles or senior roles or junior manager roles actually there are a lit- little bit less because of maybe the recession but uh, but i think everything will be fine after a point of time yeah so mm, bu- business is not <laughs> the option now it's definitely job first and, yeah yeah i thought i was quite lucky with the timing of my degree because i was doing it just after the pandemic and i had friends who had been on the same undergraduate course as me and was spending a lot of time job hunting and it was difficult because there weren't so many jobs available um it didn't matter in the end because I ended up doing a phd so i didn't get a job and if you would ask me what i'm going to be doing for the next year yeah i know exactly what i'm going to be doing i'm still going to be doing this phd <laughs> i'm not changing yep so that is that was i was going to say i was like your future sort of set out it's been set next in stone few years it's yeah. set for the next four years <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i was planning out my time plan for the phd a little while ago and i was planning until 2026 which felt insane <laughs> so if anyone's listening in 2026 see what i'm doing because it'll be over so that was actually one of the questions i was going to ask is like had you considered doing a phd before you did the msc It was always something I thought about going oh wouldn't that be nice but it's probably not going to happen. But then when I came here and I met the staff and I was getting taught in a room within Open Lab I could see yeah this is kind of possible maybe and they're quite supportive the staff had little sessions where they would um say that these are the um PhDs that might be available in Open Lab coming up so I just had a look and then applied and I was successful but I mean it wasn't you just apply like a job ad to um do a presentation and 
for me it was quite daunting because I wasn't just presenting to the staff in Open Lab who I would be working with. I was also presenting to the BBC because I was linked with them. And because of that, it was um, it was like a whole other module at the end, having to spend a week doing this work for the application and not even knowing whether it was going to work out, which thankfully it did. Um, but that meant that I've been in this university now for five years. And by the end of it, I'll have been here for eight years, which is just insane <laughs> in the same place. But I'm pretty happy to be here because there's some nice people and it's a very nice building. <laughs> yeah, true. True. I, I, I was, I have never <laughs> had this idea of doing PhD because, and it, it went, um, the percentage of me getting into PhD went a little bit more lower or zero when I started my industry work as a uh, designer and after that I was like uh, the experience in 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 the market uh, is much better than and it's much uh, valuable than I think doing a, a, a PhD I don't know if it is true or not because I've not done a PhD and maybe after Joseph is, has done his PhD he will be telling me about the whole thing if it is <laughs> worthwhile or not but I am towards uh, problem uh, solving problems and um, helping people is one thing that that I have I have always done and I like doing it and when I came across my last job was amazing my manager taught me a lot about how to approach a problem statement and how to research about all these things and what are the what are the main points that you have to take into consideration and I was like I, I want to I want to read about this more but uh, because I was at home I was working seven hours or eight hours a day and after that obviously family life come into the way and uh, I am not a reader kind of a person I am I like watching movies instead of reading <laughs> so I I could never settle for actually reading something so I thought I have to take a step back and come for masters and studies and yeah but but PhD is something which is I think will be a bit more difficult for me um like I'm, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not good at reading, and uh, yeah, the commitment, commitment for five years is is a lot, and it's commendable. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> you mentioned something about helping people, and I'd yeah. say that's a key point that just reminded me that you do get people going into, I think, some areas of computer science who do just want to sit behind a computer and never interact with somebody. Um, but if you go into human computer interaction. It's about the human side. I mean, as the name suggests, you've got to be prepared to go and speak to people, to do research with people, because if you don't, you're just going to design something that you want. Yeah. You're not going to create something that's actually genuinely helpful for anyone else. Yeah. So I'd say do this course if you want to do that. Don't do this course if you just want to sit behind a computer and ignore the rest of the world, yeah. <laughs> because that's not the way it works. On human-computer interaction, you're trying to create something different that's meaningful um, as tempting as it would be to act like a genius and say I know best I'm going to do this which would be fun yeah you can just do the part that you love like I would love to just go and design 
the perfect system that I would want, but it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to make any difference. And of course, that's what you want. You want to, I think, have a legacy if you're going into a, yeah. uh, a subject like this. Yeah. You can actually create something that real people are going to use. It's something that's... You can see the results of what you're making. Yeah. Taking into account uh, uh, the market research and everything, and I guess designing um, a website or a product, not not just a website, but a product uh, which is centered towards the people who will be using it, uh, which is which comes with a lot of research and uh, and yeah, uh, because of that, I think nowadays the the products and the websites which are or the apps which are getting very successful and traction is because of the user user experience that they are getting and that's because because before this people used to just focus on beautiful designs and i guess beautiful designs can get you uh, a step further maybe and not engage you as a uh, as a user i think everyone will be happy to see a design which is like very aesthetic but at the same time they they will not use it because it's not uh, you're not getting anything out of it so researching and 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 making something for the people who they can actually use and make a good use out of it uh, is is the best thing that ACI helps us i guess yeah, I don't really know what the preconceptions of everyone listening to this will be around HCI. I think some people think, well, you're just going to design a user interface, make it look pretty. No. Or you're going to do something like that. You're going to create something that a person interacts with. Yeah, that's it. It's in the name, right? But yeah, there's a lot more to it. You've got to think about the social implications of it, the psychology of the person who's doing it. And you've got to involve all these different factors and take them into account, which I don't want to scare anyone about, but it's... <laughs> more intuitive when you're doing it I think you learn ways to evaluate things and you just get a different perspective like I kind of know how the dish is made now when I look at a user interface or a piece of computing or a piece of software or physical item I can look at it and think oh I know exactly what's wrong with that because I've got this experience and in some ways it's frustrating because I think oh, I know exactly how somebody with my experience maybe could have made that better but there clearly hasn't been somebody on hand who's had this experience done this research to make this better and make it more effective yeah. so it's frustrating in some way or it has negative consequences in some way so i think it'd be nice it would just make the world a better place yeah. if more people did this i think problem solving and um uh, uh, user-centered designing is one thing which is very important and there we have learned from this subject and uh, as as a person who is using Figma for the past four years I guess I was like yes I have all the power to make the most beautiful website or the app that I can ever make but it comes with a lot of research and um, and how how the interface will look like after a point of time and if you have like multiple clients who don't like yellow color or red color or black color in your website even though you have a vision for it you can you will not be able to make it so i think taking into consideration your clients and your users and 
the people who are who are who are actually using it or uh, are the stakeholders of the website or the app that is also one thing that you have to take in consideration and even though i can make the most beautiful thing in the world <laughs> i can I've, i will never be able to do that because uh, you have to you have to think about the thought process of the person who is actually using it not from your perspective everything will look beautiful when it is useful and user centered so yeah yeah you have to put your ego to one side i think yeah <laughs> i guess yes <laughs> that's the other quote <laughs> well actually you keep you keep like jumping ahead on the questions i'm going to ask uh, so i was going to ask what tips you would give to people that want to apply um i think you covered some of it there you know, put your ego aside, maybe I'll say that. <laughs> but I think, you know, in terms of describing what HCI is and how that, it's not quite computing in the same way that people think of computing, but what are the kind of other things that you feel like people um, just kind of end on, like what people would need to know or might want to know um, before they kind of apply? I would say don't worry if you think that you're not in the right area right now. Like I said before, we had people from all sorts of backgrounds, including architectures, you know, textiles. Mm. You can come here from a computing background and that might make certain technical aspects more intuitive for you, but other aspects, they can be open to anyone. And doing this, you'll learn the areas that you're missing. So don't think this isn't for me just because I've only got a certain skill set or certain knowledge right now. If you've got the type of ability where you can just take on a new skill and you can be open to something and not just box yourself in then you'll be fine you can do it yeah uh, I also uh, found this that after I was into three three courses in of uh, my masters I saw that they have a proper roadmap for a person who wants to do this so it's not just from the computer science or the design background but any person who is coming into this there will be an introduction to human computer interaction they will be telling you what are the uh, what are the expectations that they have from the subject and what you will be doing after this they will from the scratch uh, teach you about uh, researching and then interaction designing and the, what are the social aspects, as you said, and then the technical part as well. So now when I'm doing my dissertation, I'm going back to my first subject and then second and then third, and I'm taking out the papers that were relevant there and can I can I take help from them? So it's, it is tailored in a way where uh, you can learn everything. I think from, from the start, they they're not spoon feeding you, but they are they are teaching you in a in in a way which makes sense i think yes so um, so it's brilliant and and how they have designed the whole course is also one thing which i love the most and yeah the the freedom of doing whatever you want in a project you have you just have um, um some instructions around how to communicate it but apart from that if you if you want anything you want to research on you are you are free to do that so I think that's the best part but I think the biggest tip I would give is if you do this uh, don't delay when you get the coursework get straight on with it these modules go by fast and yeah. uh, the more time you put into it I think the prouder you can be 
by the end of it you don't have to submit something especially if you're a perfectionist that you wouldn't be happy with that you would also want to tweak and even though I started early on everything I did to be honest submit really close to the deadline every time because I was constantly tweaking I was trying to make it as best as I could be so if you are a perfectionist or if you aren't just go for it as soon as you can because (laughs) you'll thank yourself later I think I think the yeah this is one thing that that is in a very good way uh, the professors uh, communicate so when it is the first day of your coursework uh, your course which is starting a new new course that is starting uh, they come in introduce us to the subject and then explain us what they are expecting from the coursework and what do you have to submit so you will have an idea about what you are submitting one month uh, from now uh, and what are their expectations and what what do you have to research on and then they will start teaching you about the whole thing uh, the whole subject and that's the one thing which is uh, a plus because uh, it's not that they are bombarding everything one week before the submission they are giving you uh, uh, an informed decision whatever you want to make one month before that so i think that is also one thing yeah not everyone took that opportunity uh, in my year and i think I they regretted it <laughs> <laughs> i also didn't i guess <laughs> but yeah but but there are dif- different people who i have seen in the in my class there there's one uh, classmate who actually start working on the whole project the, f- the first day or when they are introduced and unlike me i am <laughs> I am a person who who does it because of the deadlines and that's one thing how you said even though I'm a perfectionist it is not going I'm not satisfied 100% satisfied with the with the coursework that I'm submitting but I think it it is also coming from um, uh, the background where I am working as well and I am giving a lot of time to my to to my internships and it that is also not just designing but working in open lab yeah there are also opportunities <laughs> you can work in open lab as an asset manager as i did <laughs> and now i know everything that is there in the open lab and uh, it's very helpful for the people who will be coming uh, after this and and yeah um, the other internship is my i am actually working as a ui ux designer there and i'm also working at the stadium at a team as a team leader so it's diverse. Yeah, you're doing everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you filled me up. I didn't do any of this. <laughs> You've got everything going on, but Joseph's got many years ahead of him in the thing. So yeah, yeah, he will. He will be doing these. <laughs> One day. In in yeah, in some years, but but it's it's a really good experience to do uh, work and studies, everything at the same time. It, I, I know if, if, if you do many things at the same time, you can't give your 100% to everything. But I think the experience matters a lot. So that. And I think, yeah, I, can, I, I think it's important to say that people can do that. And it's part yeah. of, you know, it's possible yeah. while doing this. Because I think for a lot of people, that is sort of the option that they're going to have to take. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of all the questions I've got.
Um, so unless you feel like there's something that you're like, oh, I must say this. Um, oh, I was going to say, Josie, what's the name of your PhD? Because I didn't ask. And I feel like it's important that you at least say what his name is. <laughs> it doesn't have a name. Oh, it won't? Will it yet? What's no. kind of generally? Give it one <laughs> sentence on it. Uh, it's about public service media and digital futures, how everything is becoming so digital. We've talked already about children spending a lot of time on screens, but I think it's important to recognise that people are becoming marginalised and that's something you've got to look at when you're on the Human Computer Interaction MSc. You've got to recognise the fact that technology can be a force for good and bad. So I'm looking at how in the future people could be supported by institutions that exist already like um, public service broadcasters so they don't get left behind and they can benefit from these technologies or at least not be disadvantaged because of them thank you very much yeah um anything else burning that you want to say yeah um i just want to say that enjoy uh, your subject plus at the same time even if you have uh, financial support just work uh, for some time <laughs> not 20 hours but maybe 10 hours you will you will get a lot of experience for for where you are going uh, next even though if it is not your real job that you're going for that you will be going for you will be uh, you will be exposed to the to the people who who are also um, struggling or having fun while doing your job and you'll be having extra money <laughs> you can do many other things you can go for um, this is a nice location as well the university you can go for one one day trek one day trip um, uh, and yeah hikes and all yeah. so yeah and it's very near to the beach as well you can do barbecue there <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is so, always one yeah. of the highlights yeah mm -hmm. i think i think uh, a little bit of money to just just disposable money you can use it for your fun and not just have uh, parties yeah. <laughs> and not just and not just like study yeah. Not just have parties, but do everything together, which yeah. will be... I'd say, speaking of money, it's worth it as well, because it, yeah. for different people, it will be different in their own situations, yeah. but you can spend a year doing this, or you can spend a year in a job, yeah. and I think at the end of this, you'd be better off. If you're yeah. able to have this experience, get this qualification, it can put you on better footing than if you do a job for a year. Yeah. It will give you a lot of confidence as well, I guess. Um doing small small work or a little bit of work in a week like 10 hours is also worthwhile i guess yeah i don't think you'll really get bored of anything yeah, because no. of the way the modules move you'll no. be working on something one week and then yeah. on the next you'll be doing something else yeah definitely yeah. gonna feel real slow after this isn't it <laughs> <Maybe Yeah. doesn't. laughs> um cool i think i might end it there because i feel like we've covered loads and i'm very thankful for both of you I feel like you shared some really great things. Thank you so um, much for having thank us. You. Thank you for listening to Open Blab, an interaction design and human-computer interaction podcast from Newcastle University. It was hosted by Emily Barker and edited by Daniel Parry. Find us on social media at openlab underscore NCL. Don't forget to rate and subscribe.